for sure. 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 Welcome to another episode of For Sure, a 200-foot podcast. I'm Peter. And I'm Jay. Well, folks, here we are, a little bit removed from the All-Star break. Hockey is back in more ways than one. Uh, the Olympics has started to be uh, ready and a raring. Uh, Pete, uh, just an FYI, all of those games start in, like, the dead hours of the night. So I'm really excited for our For Sure recaps coming forward. At 7 in the morning. Look forward to it, folks. Speaking of looking forward to things, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about a small issue that seems to be cropping up in the NHL, Pete. Do you want to take a guess at what I'd like to talk about today? Um, Let me think. Hmm. People going after water bottles. You know... That's actually the second thing I wanted to talk about. Okay. But it's funny because you bring up water bottles. Where do water water bottles live for the most part? Uh, they live in uh, that little kind of uh, uh, water bottle cozy that's attached to the top of the net. Oh, and the, okay. So it's attached to the net. Now, the net is part of the, the, the crease where the goalie hangs out, right? And... And 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 what happens if you if you touch a goalie while you're while he's trying to do his job? Well, it kind of depends. Um, sometimes that's not okay. Sometimes that's totally okay. And the issue that we've had is that it doesn't really seem to be much rhyme or reason for why it's okay sometimes and not okay other times. That's 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 probably the most academic and astute analysis of the uh, whirlwind that is currently engulfing all of major hockey fandom. That's right, folks. Let's talk goalie interference. What a dubious term nowadays, apparently, because you would think that goalie interference just, that's all in the name right there, right? Goalie interference. You interfere with the goalie. But, you know, it's it's a brand new age, Pete. I keep telling you off, off microphone that this is the age of anything can happen. Anybody can be president. Anybody can win the Stanley Cup. Anybody can win a gold medal, which means now anything goes when you're getting getting into a scrum in 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 front of your your own net. So, um the most uh recent example of this tomfoolery happened in Florida, right Pete, against our our team that we like to uh affectionately call um the Red Wings. I, I think everybody else calls them a different name, like Dead Wings or, <laughs> or anything like that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you recap for the viewers out there just just what fun stuff happened in Florida? Well, so basically, basically what happened if you if you didn't see that game is um, Huberto was like kind of skating through the crease. Like it seemed like he was already in the crease. He definitely like Mike Green definitely made contact with him and there was definitely some contact made between Huberdo and Morazic. And I know when it happened live, I was thinking that there was definitely a chance that 
it could um, you know, they, they could have said that Green had pushed Huberto or like at least hit him hard enough uh, to have him interfere with Mrazek. Mrazek fell down. He fell backwards, which led to some um, some pretty interesting tweeting from some uh, some national hockey writers who decided <laughs> that they were going to blame this on Mrazek, uh, kind of taking a dive, which is one of the silliest, uh, silliest arguments I've seen in quite some time. <laughs> And I may or may not have spent probably way too much time, you know, going back and forth with somebody about this. That that kind of happened. But it highlighted a, um, you know, an example of why this is so frustrating for fans and for players. I mean, obviously, I would assume it's frustrating for players, but you can also tell it's frustrating for players just by watching, you know, the post-game interviews. And... You know, we we always come back to, you know, it's what we talked about last time that we want consistency, whether or not it's, you know, Department of Player Safety or whether it's not like whether or not it's like a slash is a slash. A penalty is a penalty in the first period. A penalty is a penalty in the third period, you know, or night to night. Um, you know, when we're when we're talking about these these reviews and especially lately, these reviews for goaltender interference the problem seems to be that there's there's no one standard and if you have one official watch the exact same play he might call it back and then the next night you might have pretty much the exact same play and it might count and it was it's really hard and like i said it's it's frustrating for the fans you know and it's frustrating for the players and you know the nhl's job is to you know number 1 I was going to say keep their players happy, but I mean, it's not exactly that, but you know, you don't want your, your players to be, no, I mean, like you don't want your players to be frustrated yeah. at the league for no yeah. reason. Like that just makes no sense. Right. Um, Correct. But then you also don't want your fans frustrated at the league because then they're just going to, they're going to be angry. They might, you know, stop watching or stop caring. And, you know, then they don't go to games and they don't watch on TV and, and they don't buy jerseys, you know? So, you know, as the league, you can't just be beholden to your fans and be like, well, we can't make the decision. We can't make this decision because if we do, fans are going to get upset. But at the same time, there's no reason to unnecessarily anger the fan base. And, and that kind of seems like what they're doing. So, Jay, let me ask you this. What do you think they could change? Like, how could they how could they make this better? you know, without completely just redoing everything. Cause that's probably not going to happen. You know, like, like, like what's a realistic change yeah. that they could make here? Well, first of all, um, I, I'm, well, I'm sad that these are the events that we live in now. I am kind of glad that these egregious examples has brought Kamas Holmstrom back into the national conversation <laughs> <laughs> because I think the number one tweet, that I laughed at the most was like uh, Holmstrom just watched the goal and he's now requesting to re-enter the league and come out of retirement. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, if the core reason behind goal interference is, and I like to, th I mean, again, you can prove me, you can inform me if I'm wrong in this understanding, but last I checked when the, the core foundation behind a goalie interference call is that the goalie is not able to reasonably make the save, right? I think, is that something we can all universally agree on? The whole point is that the goalie cannot in, you know, in the confines of the game, 
have a better than, uh, you know, have the average and normal allowed chance to try and make a save. Because then if that wasn't the case, then you would have guys basically doing pick and rolls on a goalie going left to right. You know, like, hey, let's set up Huberdo on, on the left side and then let's just cross ice pass. But oops, Mrazek bumped into him, but the, the net's wide open and all of a sudden it's a goal. So if that's the foundation in place, right? Right. Right. I think what could be done is maybe just turn the crease into this outline impenetrable force field thing where, you know, I don't know, maybe we just get rid of the gray area about whether or not you're hanging in or whether or not your skates are in. I mean, Thomas Thomas Holmstrom's rear end has been the color of the crease for the entirety of his career. I bet, like, if you look behind, his bare ass is blue, just straight blue, just crease blue is what Holmstrom's out you know, Holmstrom's uni looked like. So, I don't know. I think if we put, say, what, a, either a two-minute penalty on any contact or something, right? But th- th- this is that's what stinks. That's mm-hmm. what's so weird about this because if there's, like, like you were saying, Green kind of pushes Huberdo into, and then, and then even even last night in the. Uh, uh, Wild West shootout at the Barclays, the the brawl at Barclays between the Red Wings and the Islanders, because there was there was a 23 second left goal scored that had just as much touch, but the the reason why it was you know not called back was because obviously there wasn't as much of a gray area of oh Abdicator was kind of pushed into uh, Halak and then and then that's where we are so. Um, I think as long as they're going to be like kind of coin flip on whether or not you can touch a goalie. Oh, geez. Um, I don't know. I, I would like it to be as long as you are. If the goalie can't make this, like if the puck goes in and you're actively touching the goalie, I, maybe they just make that the straight rule. Like you can't touch, like if the puck is past him and you're actively making touch, that sounds so awful. Oh my god! Making touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, not good at doing talking. Oh my god! That, that sounds like a, like a third grade like euphemism like for like a parent trying to talk to his kid about sex. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, there's a. Uh, I think there's something that can be done here. I think if they want to get rid of the gay or gray area, they need to get rid of the gray area. If you're, if a goal is scored and the goalie is being constantly in contact with a player that is not of his own team, then maybe you wave it off entirely. But uh, well, I don't know. But listen, Pete, you and I both know that the, there is the actual real better way, which is the NHL 18 exception, which is just run the goalie. Who cares anymore? <laughs> They've got pads. I'm sure they can probably recover from an ACL injury qu- quicker than most. So let's just run the goalie. Yeah, I mean, like I, I, I was thinking that that would make for some very interesting, interesting replays with, uh, you know, you get to see um, all of a sudden, like, like, like last night's version would be okay. Uh, Athanasiu is coming. He's coming down the crease. Or he's coming down the middle of the ice. He's got the puck, and he runs into Halak, and they're both in the corner. And Dylan Larkin pits it up and throws it into an open net. Goal! <laughs> because um, yeah, if you played NHL 18, that li- quite literally can happen. Where. Um, you can basically knock the goaltender out of the arena and still have it have the goal count. But so 
on the one hand, I do like I do like your idea, but I gotta I gotta push back or play some devil's advocate here because while while I'm I'm on board with the idea, I do see a problem, and you actually brought it up, which is the problem is going to be like you know if you make it where you know it's like the crease is lava, you know where like you know if you go yep. in the crease, kind of like you know the Brett Hall thing, you know your skate can't be in the crease, or whatever, you know. So if you just if you're like okay, we're just gonna make the crease off limits. If you're not the goalie. That, uh, you know, on offense, you cannot skate into the crease. Um, or like you said, if, if you're actively making contact, uh, you know, while the puck is, you know, coming at the goal or like whatever, however you don't call it. The problem there, though, is like you said, how do you account for the the role of the defenseman on the other team? pushing you know the player into him or what what can happen sometimes and i think this is this is kind of what happened last night like abdulkader wasn't being actively pushed into halak what the problem was is that abdulkader was like kind of in the crease almost in the crease and if you watch he he was trying to get out he was trying to move out of the crease and he was blocked by the defense and he couldn't get out or like um you know, like like let's say Larkin is coming in and he's, you know, cutting to the net from the side and the defenseman is kind of angling him in such a way where he can't avoid going into the crease. You know, so I think any any rule that you come up with like that is going to be hard. And I think I think that's why. Yeah, like 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 I do want to say that this is not an a, like an easy thing. It's not just like, like, you know, some of the problems that we've had in the past, we could be like there's a really simple answer. Let's just do this. Okay. That's it. But with, with the goaltender interference, like I can't really see a way that you don't have some type of gray area that you don't have some type of, um, you know, wiggle room or some type of human elements where they have to make some type of human decision as opposed to, you know, kind of like the robot decision, like, you know, in baseball, like, like, like a, a, a a strike is very, very well defined. Obviously, you know, if you have people calling as opposed to the robo umps, you know, they're going to, sometimes they'll make mistakes, but I mean, it's very clear. Like it's, if if it's over this part of the plate, it is a strike, you know, like, but the goaltender interference, no matter what you do, there's always going to be some level of subjectivity. Yeah. But, you know, but I think, I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying before is like whatever they end up deciding, I think the most important thing is that they have a standard and like, this is the standard and every single night, this is it. Like if this happens, it's a goal. If this does, if this happens, this isn't a goal. Um, and I don't really see how you do that when every night you have a different person making the decision, you know? So maybe that's the thing. Maybe if there's a question of goaltender interference, it goes to Toronto and they have a designated person you know, who always makes that decision. And so whether or not you agree with it, at least they have a standard and they stick to it. I mean, I think for me, I think that's probably the best thing I can come up with. Uh, Like, what do you think about that? I'm down for that. I I would just like to, as you said, if if the goal here is consistency, then you have to start. and, And it sucks that it is at this point, but you have to start then making concrete adjustments to how you call something to remove as much of the gray areas as, as possible, because I mean, this is the, I, I would like to think that this goal interference stuff is the same, is the same type of conversation that happened when they, they were talking about offside calls and challenges in that regard. Right. Like I think it was like, Oh yeah, the, the call that spurned the NHL into taking action was that the goal was scored like 10 minutes after there was the alleged uh, offside. 
So it's like it's it, it, there's there's the uh, change they want to make, but then there's it being done in practice slash the execution of it. And I feel like again with what we talked about last time with with uh, Bettman's kind of like yeah, just kind of you know like give it a once over and then just you know go with your gut. It's like okay. Um, yeah, no, that's no, that's not, that's really not how really any of this should be done because you like you want, and I'm sure purists out there don't want to change anything. I mean, these are probably the same people that were upset about, you know, are upset about the shootout and three on three overtime. I mean, you're basically altering the game to just get to a result. Like you just, you know, at the end of the day, I think the league wants to maintain goal scoring happening under normal hockey circumstances. Unless, you know, you slash Cal Clutterbuck in the knee and he makes it look like you actually severed his leg and then you're given a match penalty when it should have been offsetting minors. But that's a different conversation for a different day. But I I'm, I am totally down for something to be done. Or See, this is what's weird because there's no situation room spokesperson. Right. We're all talking about like league sources. This is what we're going to try and do. But, but there's like no like head of like I would love for them to anoint a a replay ambassador, a a, a video czar, if you will. <laughs> Someone who is like the public face and mouthpiece for hockey operations and review calls in their entirety to come out and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. This is what we like to do. This is what we want to get better at. It just seems like me. Maybe nobody wants to even assume that type of position because, yeah, you'd be constantly under fire and and you would have, you know, every Philadelphia fan with battery slingshots like ready to go if you ever showed your face in that city. So I I and this is a, and that's and there's another compounding problem here, which I hope could get addressed, too, which is refs still don't elucidate or elaborate on what the heck was being challenged or called. Like oh yeah, right, yeah. So like the 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 announcer guys like yeah, there looks like they're gonna take a look at this thing for offside. But then they come out and say the goal goal the ice speed challenge that's goal interference. And the guys are like, all right, well that was my best guess. What's your best guess? Let's see what happens <laughs> here. I don't I don't think that's what the league wants. I don't think that's what any of the teams want. They don't want to have like these, like like oh basically anytime there's a call. You don't want to be under the impression that, hey, it's like spinning the wheel of fortune wheel, right? Yeah. Like you want it to be like, hey, there is criteria here to help you get uh, to uh, the logical decision, which is goal hmm. or no goal. If you add too many factors in it, then, of course, it's going to get convoluted. So yeah. anyway, I, yeah, I, I'm again, I'm in favor of either make the lava, make the crease lava or just run the goalie. <laughs> but I'm sure none of that will happen. Yeah, well, I mean that is a that is a an NHL consideration and NHL concern. So for our second topic, we're going to switch to something that the NHL has absolutely nothing to do with, which is the Olympics <laughs> this year. Um, so, Yay! so, 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 what we're going to do is we're going to talk about we're going to give a little preview of the the men's uh, men's hockey Olympics uh, schedule, like the format, how it's how it's going to work, the groups that are set up, um, and. Before I do that, I just want to say that, you know, please don't forget about the the women's side, the women's uh, bracket here, because the women are incredibly fun to watch. Um, You know, the U.S. and Canada is is most likely going to be, you know, in the gold medal game like they are. They are, you know, head and shoulders above all the other teams and. I'll apologize. I don't know enough about international women's hockey to really be able to talk about the other countries. But I but I just wanted to say before we get started in this is that 
you know, it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, like we said last time, uh, the last episode we had, you know, you had Hillary Knight out there, you know, just, you know, accuracy shooting, just doing awesome. Um, and I mean, as good as she is, I mean, there's some other, you know, I mean, I think Poulin on, uh, Canada is, is, you know, could be the, the best player, uh, on the female side. I mean, she's just absolutely phenomenal. So, you know, like I said, I want to, you know, make sure we make sure we say that. I don't want to just sound like we're just talking about the guys, um, because because to be honest, like we don't really know that much about the men's side either, because it's 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 different. Like some of these players, we don't really know too much about. Um, you know, yeah, so we really we really we really don't. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we're gonna talk about we're gonna kind of take our best guess to um, you know kind of pick pick winners and handicap it. Um, but you know, because there's no NHLers, it's 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 gonna be a lot harder to do than it has in the past. So um, first of all, so the format of this is uh, there's three groups of four teams and they are going to uh, play a round robin match uh, against each team in their preliminary group. So basically they play three, three prelim round games and then there's going to be a four round single elimination portion of the tournament, right? So that's like your bracket setup. Um, now the cool thing here is that all 12 teams are going to get to the elimination stage, right? So, even if you lose all three of your round robin games, you still get a shot. You still get to keep playing. And so I think that's pretty cool. And basically what's going to happen, because, you know, if you think about brackets, you know, in your, you know, your standard, you know, March Madness thing, you're like, wait a second, Sweet 16, Elite 8, there's 12 teams, everybody makes it, how are they going to do that? So basically what happens yeah. is in the first round, the winner of each group as long as well as one other team, which is going to be the uh, the highest ranked uh, team that doesn't win their group, right? So the highest, the, the best of the second place teams. So all four of them are going to get a first round buy, and so that's how it's going to work. Um, so like James said before, I mean the schedule is. Uh, I mean, man, let's see. Uh, the first game starts Wednesday, February fourteenth. Uh, you know, for the for the U.S. side, you have U.S. Slovenia, and that's going to be seven ten in the morning. So. If you work a little bit that's later Eastern. in the day, yeah, yeah. that's Eastern. So that's if you're Eastern on the time. West Coast, yeah, my friend, time to time to hit in and out, and then just like sit on the couch because man, <laughs> oof, yeah. So you know the games are going to be. It looks like most of the games are going to be seven ten a.m., ten ten p.m., two forty a.m. Those seem to be like the three big times, at least in the beginning. Actually, actually for the pretty much the whole tournament, right? So seven ten a.m. 10 10 p.m. 2:40 a.m. Uh, so yeah, I mean, looking through, I don't see any other times. Um, like maybe when you get to the final, that's a little bit different. Okay. Um, so and, and again, that's Eastern time. Um, so the the groups are as follows, right? Group A, you have Canada, you have the Czechs, you have Switzerland and South Korea. In Group B, you have the Olympic athletes of Russia, which is totally not <laughs> Russia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like it's basically time. like it's basically like if like if three of the like three of the Russian athletes like if like Datsuk and Kovalchuk um and who's that guy Shipyachov from uh, from Vegas it's like all three oh, yeah. of them like like they stand on each other's shoulders in a trench coat and a Groucho Marx sunglasses <laughs> and they're like we are not from Russia so yeah so Olympic athletes of Russia the U.S. team right so we we get to be drawn in with them Slovakia and Slovenia that's not going to be confusing at all. And then Group nope. C, we have Finland, we have Sweden, right? So two of the top European teams, usually Finland and Sweden. We also have Germany, and we have Norway. All right, so 
I mean, I think the way it's 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 organized. Like, I think, for example, in Group A, the top like I think the, the top two teams listed are pretty much going to be the favorites. You know, so Canada and the Czechs, the the Russians and the U.S. and then Finland and Sweden. But Jay, what do you think? Do you think that uh, that there's any of these teams out there that that might be able to pull some upsets? Uh, do you think some of the, some of the mighty teams might fall earlier than we expect? And I know this is tough, but you know, let, let, let's yeah. just speculate because that's fun. Well, yeah, I like yeah, I love speculating. I, I mean, that's that's what the refs are doing now in goal interference. So oh. why can't we speculate on this? Hey, um, okay, so uh, I would love to see, um, you know. If it's Canada and Russia and the USA as like maybe like the top three to get like as far as as you possibly can, um, I, I like to think that. But what's okay? So no NHLers, right? None, mm-hmm. zero, right. zip. Zero. 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 I mean, yeah. there are former NHLers going right, but like, like Brian Giants for the most part, right? Yeah, like there are. It's basically. They, uh, they, the, the balance has been shifted. It's no longer like 98% NHLers and then maybe a couple of, uh, you know, uh, guys that run the street that mm. just want to be like, hey, you want to like compete for your country and whatnot. Um, the, the, the ratio is now flipped. So now it's predominantly, uh, you know, either uh, secondary league or just country play, countrymen players. And I think the Russia's uh, secret weapon on having Datsuk as their captain. That just seems kind of unfair. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really excited to see Datsuk be playing on the ice again. But, you know, I just, like, it, of the key positions to have an absolute dynamite ace, I mean, granted, I don't know. I haven't really paid attention to what his progress has been over there. Last I checked, he was kind of, didn't he have surgery this last offseason or something? He's obviously not the Datsuk that we've all remember seeing undress Marty Turco and, and a couple of people. But, like, <sighs> Datsuk is often referred to as a wizard, which means with age, he just gets more powerful. He's just going to skate around with the puck using only his mind. So, 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 yes. So so now he's Pavel the White. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He has fought fought the Balrog and fallen through uh, the the depths of whatever that place is, Moria. And he has come out the other side as as Pavel the White. (laughs) Pavel the White. Gonna have to make that as one of our one of our shirts there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, I I think I don't know, Pete. I I know there's been a lot of pushback, like oh the, you know, don't get me wrong. I really enjoy the articles from Custance and everybody at the Athletic about oh geez, what a what a golden opportunity like thrown away by the the NHL and like how this was like a, a unique planet alignment. And don't get me wrong, it was. It is a missed opportunity. I I agree with that one hundred percent. But how cool is it that it is advanced and how far along in how these games have evolved? Because basically it's, yeah, pretty much going to just take the pros. Where it's like, yeah, if you play the NHL, there's a good shot you were going to make it. But now it's like, hey, the NHL can't go. So who do you take? How are you being evaluated? I think it's neat that pretty much everybody across the board now had to kind of go back to the to the table a little bit. So now we're going to see like some of the best and brightest that the country has to offer so if we're going by that fact alone, Canada's going to steamroll its way, mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> like Team Canada is going to do very well, I think, just because like think of it like think of it like a, if the world like the gold winning World Junior team was able to stay together. I feel like that's what Team Canada is. Mm. And then and then, you know, Team USA I think has a lot of phenomenal um new guys that I want to get to know and and um 
Yeah. As far as upsets, I want to see Germany just show up out of nowhere, right? Like, how cool would it be to have Germany just like come out of the the woodwork, or or the uh, the just from from the from the misty mountains of of Germany just to be like, listen, we, they like they've been lying in wait. They've been watching everybody do this stuff, but then all of a sudden. Germany's like, wait a minute, we don't really have a lot of NHLers to send anyway. But then it's like, wait a minute, now every other team can't send their NHLers? Like, now they're on their, uh, it's like in Beer Fest where they're like on the <laughs> treadmill lifting kegs of beer like up and down and still doing all the calisthenics and workouts. <laughs> that's that's what I want. But I'm pretty sure Team Sweden's going to take Group C. Uh, I'm pretty sure, ah, geez, I'd like to think it's a toss-up between Russia and USA just because I think Russia has a little bit more firepower to do. And then... I think I think Canada takes takes group A. So yeah. but again, I would love to be wrong. I mean, again, I'm I'm what I hope Pete is remember what was it, two Olympics ago or three Winter Olympics ago where uh Matsukarello, I think it was oh six, that was the year that Matsukarello was on uh, Team Switzerland. And he and like oh, like two games in, like the Rangers signed him to a contract. So it's like, <laughs> listen, you might not get a medal, but you're gonna play for the New York Rangers now. So I would love to see like pretty much every NHL team maybe scout Team USA after this, right? Because some of these guys aren't really anybody's property quite yet, but then some of them are. But then there's, I, I don't know, every other country has people that they could probably sign. So maybe this is a boon for the NHL because they're basically about to watch two weeks of a free scouting clinic and be like, okay, well, that guy has no experience, has no representation, totally sign him for way too much term, and way too much money, and he's going to be great as a third defensive pairing. Yeah, yeah, because as we've seen, that works out really well. Um, I'm sorry, Brendan Smith. What? Okay, so uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think you have to say that the Russians are the favorite. I mean, if you just look at their top two lines, you know, it's not just Statsu. They got Kovalchuk. I mean, it's you know, and 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 granted, you know, Kovalchuk's getting a little bit older. But I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of rumors that he's going to try to come back next year to the NHL because next year he'll be an unrestricted free agent. You know how there's been some drama. I forget if it was last year or the year before about him trying to come back. And I think it was like the devil still held his rights or like, you know, there, there's some type of drama yeah. with that. And so basically next season, he would be an unrestricted free agent. And there's a lot of smoke about him you know, possibly returning to the NHL. So I think, I mean, you have to say that the Russians are the favorites. I think that yeah. in the final, I think they're going to play Sweden. Um, I mean, I do think, I think, I think like, honestly, Finland would be my other choice, which is interesting because, you know, it's, it's not the U S or Canada, you know, but they, you know, they have some really good non NHL players, um, on the Swedish side, you know, they're going to have a, you know, Rasmus Dahlin is going to be on their defense core, which is, you know, um, you know, I mean, he's projected to go number one overall. He's, you know, projected to be like, you know, a really elite franchise level defenseman. You know, it's gonna and, look and, great wearing red and white. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Russia versus Sweden slash Finland would be would be my predicted final. The the team that I want to see do well, and by do well, I mean like maybe even it's just like win a game is is South Korea, right? Because it's kind of like you know, in the yeah, I'm a big soccer fan, and in the World Cup, you know, a lot of times the host country is not one of the better teams you know they're not one of the uh you know the the favorites to win it all um you know unless unless you're brazil and then <laughs> that doesn't really go so well either but <laughs> you know um and, and and we've seen that before i think like with with korea actually one year when they hosted the world cup and like they kind of came out of nowhere to like put in a good showing you know and 
I think it would just be fun to see the host team win a game, kind of hold their own, you know, do do well. I mean, I, I think that would be a good story. I think that would be interesting to see. So, yeah, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, so the first game starts uh, February 14th. So you'll listen to this uh, if you get it when it comes out on the 12th. So a couple days after this drops, you'll be able to uh, to to watch some games if you either stay up early or wait, uh, if you either stay up late or get up early or both. Um, sleep is for the week. Remember, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. when you're in the hospital from sl- for sleep exhaustion. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, I can remember it was Sochi really kind of pushed my limits a little bit because there was like, oh, I'm doing good. It's 1 a.m. and like Canada and Sweden is going to be, uh, it's going to be at three. I can do this. And I think like 10 minutes in, like I was, oh, geez, it was, <laughs> it, was it was a slog. So Eat, eat your Wheaties, kids. Have your Red Bulls on standby. Because, uh, Pete, as I'm looking at this schedule here, the gold medal game will be at 11.10 p.m. on February 24th. Hmm. So, like, the bronze medal is like, oh, you're going to wake up at 7 a.m. for that. But then the gold medal is like, listen, I'm taking off work tomorrow. I can't. I can't. I, I just. Uh. <laughs> but. That's right, folks. So, yeah, Olympics is uh, is coming up here. Uh, but as Pete was saying, and I just want to touch on this real quick, please watch the women's. Please, 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 please. Like, they do such a great job. And, Peter, dare I say this? I think if they actually – here – and this is where I would have liked to have been and at some point would still like to be on the planning committee for the, for the skills competition. How flippin' hilarious would it have been? They're like, oh, yeah, here's Hillary Knight. She's going to test it out. But then they're like, oh, by the way, she wasn't testing it out. She's actually competing. So she's <laughs> the first score. Good luck, gentlemen. And oh, she's man. just like sitting there. She's like sitting on. Because I feel like if it's a test thing, maybe like she like, I don't know. I, I feel like if she was given the proper chance, I think she would have finished first or second. I think not uh, not just third. I mean, these are these are really they are really talented athletes. And they're going to and let's let's not forget, they have the most recent gold medal for the country. So anybody who's talking smack about them needs to shut shut up your mouth. <laughs> so go Team USA, go Olympic athletes from Russia. Gosh, that does not roll off the tongue well. <laughs> and go and, and I'm saying go Germany. Yeah. Go Germany. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's funny that you say that because um, I don't want to to copy, but you know I was listening to I think I think it was Puck Super. It was, it was another podcast where they were talking about. Um, or no, it might have been Thirty One Thoughts with uh, I think Merrick came up with this idea, um, where yeah they were talking about like the All Star Game and how they should um, for the skills competition you know they should just have not just the fastest skaters who are all stars they should have the fastest skaters period and so um, you know it, it was so funny he's like yeah you can have um, you know Connor McDavid is up okay great and now please welcome. Andreas after to see you and like he comes out it's like like his music plays like wrestling yeah. it's Fuck. like oh my god that's after to see his music, music. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like Dylan Larkin you know or, or like you know whoever like Matt Barzell you know yeah and it's just like you know one oh, after yeah. another or like the hardest shot it's like you know Chara's not there and all of a sudden he comes out you know or or, or even you know Ally or Frady you know bring him back let's see what he can do yeah um so yeah, I mean, yeah, like, I, think, I, I thought that was a really fun idea. I don't want to take any credit for it because it definitely was not mine. And the more I think about it, I'm, I'm almost positive it was Jeff Merrick on the uh, Thirty One Thoughts podcast. 
So, yeah, I'm down for that. I'm down for all of this. Maybe one year, Pete, we'll have an Olympic skills competition. Can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine how, how hilarious it would be to see on the world stage Eric Carlson physically picking up the puck, putting it on his stick blade, and passing it through one of the lit rungs on that thing? <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's TV, baby. And just before we do our uh, weekly, bi-weekly, mega-weekly Emmy Award-winning segment, Interviews with Hockey People, we wanted to do a, a quick news flash, a breaking, a breaking segment we like to call, What did the Department of Player Safety get right wrong this time? So, uh, Peter, uh, we have a, um, I like to say a perfect example of egregious, <laughs> um, maybe a little insane, that's right, folks. We're talking about one Alex Burroughs from the Ottawa Senators. Yes, the ever-prosperous and never-in-the-middle-of-controversy currently Ottawa Senators. Uh, he, oh, geez, he was uh, he was having a good time playing hockey, right? Just like you and me, Pete. Mm. Playing, just, playing a, just playing a game of stick puck against the Devils. But, you know, when you play against the Devils, it's hard to keep the devil out of your soul, right? <laughs> Which makes you want to do certain things like oh i don't know wrestle an opposing player to the ground and then repeatedly knee him in the head so uh pete what are your what are your thoughts on uh the before we even announce what the player safety handed down just on that play alone as you saw it what did you what were your feelings in in totality um this play kind of reminded me of a, a, a play from a while ago, back when I was following the Islanders, there's a there's a player by the name of Trevor Gillies, and basically what happened in this play is he ran a guy from behind, and I think you can make an argument for whether or not it was like a bad hit or a terrible hit. I mean, it was definitely at least bad, you know, but I don't think it was necessarily like, oh my god, this is awful. But then. The guy falls to the ice. It was the Penguins. I can't remember the player who it was, but the guy falls to the ice. And Gillies starts punching him while he's lying on the ice. You know, it's like at this point, it, it, like maybe the first couple punches, it's like, okay, well, you didn't know. You couldn't tell. Like, you're caught up in the moment. Whatever. Great. But then, like... By the end of it, it becomes unbelievably clear that this player is in trouble. Like this is like this yeah. guy is not fighting back. He is just laying there, and Gillies is just punching him in the head. And so, like you know, they they basically pull him off of him, and they skate him off the ice. And so, um, basically, what happens is like this is the the arena where this happened. I think it was at Nassau Coliseum. I can't remember if it was a home or away game, but it was one of those ones where like the players, you know, they they can leave the ice. Uh, by where the Zamboni comes out, you know, so it's like a, you know, a pretty big opening and he is standing off the ice and he has his helmet off and he is screaming at the player who is obviously down on the ice, pretty much unconscious. And at that point I was like, this guy should not be in the league. Like this guy cannot control himself. You know, there's, it's one thing to be an enforcer. It's one thing, you know, to kind of play on the edge, et cetera, et cetera. But I mean, this guy can't control himself. And that's that's what I was reminded of with the Burroughs situation. It was like he momentarily lost his mind, you know, because <laughs> it wasn't like 
any one any any one of three things he did should have been a lengthy suspension. Like first he sucker punched Hall. Then he like kind of ro- like not rode him to the ice, but like you know he he went down with him to the ice and then started hitting him then. And then he knees him in the head like three times. So on the one hand, I am glad that they suspended him for for 10 games. Although I I think it should have been more. At, at the time I said it should have been the rest of the season and i know some people might be like well that's that's a little extreme but like my point is this was not like the guy turned at the last second and you hit him in the numbers this isn't like like there was a play with with luke wikowski where at first i thought oh my god like i can't be- like he just like nailed this guy in the head but then when you watch it you can see that he was actually trying to avoid the hit and like he like basically he straightened up like just after it and you know, it wasn't that it wasn't like, you know, the guy turned at the last second, you know, this was on purpose. Like every aspect of this was on purpose intended to injure the opposing player. And if you're not going to take a stand for that, and if you're not going to, you know, make an example out of that, then, then, then what's the point? So I was happy to see that it was more than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a joke, but it should have been a lot more. I, I think your assessment is is right, just just right on the money. Um, I when we're talking about handing down punishments that are not only supposed to tell that player, hey, don't ever effing do that again, but you're also really telling the rest of the league, don't ever effing do this, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. So if if the standard now is knee a guy in the head, you're getting 10 games. Progress is progress, I get. But come on, the sport is already lit up from every angle about how indifferent it's been to head injury. So you'd think that if you were still going to try and save some face, you would be a little bit more um, definitive and demonstrative like, I'm trying to remember if there was ever a a, a, a deal a, a department player safety segment that Shanahan did, because notice when they explain these things, they really don't. I don't know if grandstand is the right word, but they don't really like admonish the play itself. They just like they call the play it is what it is, but they don't really like. They didn't do what I wish they would have done, which is basically go the extra mile and reiterate like, fellas, stop it, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, imagine, like, if, like, of all those times where, like, hey, you're horsing around, but then it's like your, like, your silent Bob friend who looks at you and gives you, like, the silent nod no, and you're like, okay, maybe we should stop doing this. Like, I feel like that's basically what Shanahan or whoever's doing the, the, uh, evaluating now should be doing for, uh, for these play calls because, okay, before it was like, okay, turn at the last second. This is why we chose to set it up. But now we're talking about egregious, Clear as day, this guy is doing something that has no place in the game. Why are we just explaining why we chose to do this when we could also be uh, reiterating and, and and reinforcing that this type of play is no in no like it like you have to be out of your flip you have to have gone plaid <laughs> to think that this was a something that oh that's just the way the game is no 
screw you. <laughs> that is not the game. That is not the way we play. Show me all the times where, like, oh, geez, uh, yeah, yeah, Gordy Howe used to knee guys in the head all the time, and guys would thank him for it. Or, like, oh, geez, yeah, wrestling a guy to the ice, and, yeah, he was shaking hands with the other. Well, yeah, if he was conscious, he'd be shaking hands and then probably say good game, good game. But, yeah, yeah, the thing you were talking about with the Trevor Gilly thing, it's like, listen, you have to read the room. <laughs> Right, you have to be able to look at the situation dispassionately and say, "Hey, yeah, he's not moving. I should probably stop what I'm doing." Not, he's not moving. Got to get my shots in. Mm. Never gonna have this opportunity again. Yes, I think I think basically I think you have a really good idea here. I think the Department of Player Safety needs to hire um, his 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 name is Ben Dreeth. He was the official who uh, during a New York Jets Buffalo Bills game in 1986 made the infamous call about the player giving him the business. Right. So we need, <laughs> we need a guy who tells it like it is. That's what we need. Yeah. We need like, you know, it needs to be like, and here Alex Burroughs walks up to Taylor Hall and punches him in the face. Now that's not cool. That's not okay, <laughs> right? On the on the scale of things that are okay, with zero being, uh, you know, zero being totally fine and ten being absolutely ridiculous, we're at about a sixteen. You need you need a tough talking guy like this, a real talking guy doing these, uh, you know, these videos for player safety. I think I I think we figured it out. Yeah, yeah. So if we can find someone who's like Jim Jeffries after like two beers and three shots of tequila and is just straight. I want the I want the bluntness of Bill Burr, the eloquence of Henry Rollins and maybe the cadence of George Carlin to explain like, OK, so you hit him in the head. All right, idiot. Don't do that. <laughs> Just to show you how much we don't want you to do that, you're going to sit for 10 games. And to all you bozos sitting out there, geez, I sound like I'm going into my Don Cherry impression. Yeah. All you all you kookaloos out there trying to knee guys in the head, you can't do that. And then Ron McClain's in the corner like, it'll be over soon. I was just going to say, yeah, for those of you who aren't watching, uh, as soon as he went into that voice, I just went into my hostage video face. Um, <laughs> Just, just out of like uh -oh. long distance empathy for uh, for Ron McLean. I just decided I'm going to make free McLean T-shirts. You know, like free Hosang. We're yeah. gonna free McLean. We have to set him free. Free the whales. Shave the whales. Nuke the whales. All right, joining us today for our interview segment is Acharya. She is the managing editor of SB Nation's Raw Charge, and she's also uh, an editor of Pension Plan Puppets. Because sometimes I forget at the end, I'm just going to make sure I say at the beginning. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, um, at T-A-N-Y-A-R-E-Z-A-K. And she's a great follow on Twitter. I, I follow her. I, you know, she has a lot of really good stuff all the time. So um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, you are the team I love to hate to love. So uh, here we are. And um, <laughs> and uh, when are you guys stealing Iserman from us? Uh, just, you know, to get that out of the way. Oh, right yeah. Away. Well, <laughs> this is this is the long. It, this, I'm so glad someone is actually asking this question seriously because I can actually give my <laughs> always serious answer. OK, please do. I, I've been dying to hear because his contract is up in two years, I think. Hmm. So tell me. 
Iserman has been playing the long game in Tampa where what's going to happen is like a week before, like either he's supposed to sit down with the ownership and get his thing renewed. All of a sudden, Ken Holland's phone is going to ring and he's going to pick up the phone and it's just going to be Iserman at the other end. And he's going to be like, listen, I submitted a trade. The league is going to call you. Just say you approve. And then, like, four <laughs> hours later, they say, blockbuster deal, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Vasilevsky <laughs> traded to Detroit in exchange for a never-ending supply of Little Caesars pizza, uh, 30, 35 liters of Coke, and uh, a bunch of the leftover Brendan Smith jerseys, which can be knitted together to form a protective shield against global warming down in Florida. And then and... he's like, by the way, I'm now in Detroit, so... <laughs> That's that's what's going to happen. You can right. mark it now. So you've got two years left, Acharya. So, so you lull yourself to sleep with this thought every night. Is this like <laughs> the dream, the fantasy that you project? And well, I mean, it like it it's like a warm blanket, and you kind of cuddle up with it. I can't I can't say that I don't have the. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, Charlie line <laughs> line theory map. But maybe I've got some things drawn up. Maybe I've mocked up how it could actually work. I just. I don't. I almost. This is the thing. I almost want it to happen solely because of it just happening, not necessarily because I want it to benefit my team so much. Like I just want to be able to say I lived during a time period of hockey general managing, where one manager just completely spent ten years being completely under the radar. Just oh yeah, I'm good at my job, everything's great. But then he's been this giant turncoat the entire time <laughs> completely flipping all of the valuable assets of another team Man. to the team that he was from and built his what career on. What a heel on. turn. What a heel turn that would be. Well, that I mean, there, be there is precedence. You know, there's the uh, the mom and pop on Seinfeld who uh, who basically did that so they could make off with Jerry's shoes. Um, so, <laughs> you never know. But um, before we get too My far... Goodness. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's fine. No, this is, this is entertaining and uh, I'm sorry that it's come to this kind of scenario in order to uh, maintain your fandom, but that's okay. I understand. People have to do whatever it takes to get through sometimes. We had some dark years here too. I mean, we were owned by the Yakuza uh, for a number of years, so <laughs> we survived. <laughs> that's perfect. I actually did not know that. I'm now, I'm now going to imagine oh, yes. in, in my head. <laughs> Every lightning player skating, with like Hanzo always sword. looking over their shoulder. Yeah, with a Hanzo sword ready to. <laughs> and uh, when they lift their jerseys, there's the uh, uh, prototypical um, yakuza tattoo, like all down their leg. Yeah, that's right. And it's all. It's all. You uh, always know a Tampa Bay Lightning player. Yeah, it's like Sean, Sean Burroughs. Uh, yeah, so Burroughs, uh, Alex Burroughs comes over and uh, he gets a five finger death punch. <laughs> that, that, that that actually would be great. I think we should make that happen. However, we have to do that. But um, just, yeah, Zito, that would be okay. Zito owns them or was part owner. I just yeah, imagine for a while, not okay. anymore. It's um, Mr. Vinick now. Oh, Mr. Vinick. Okay, so I imagined the the Esposito that owned them. I imagine all the players had to get one of those flowing old like tapestry painting tattoos in in of Esposito of him like <laughs> scoring one of those great goals for Canada. Like this, you've earned your Esposito, my son. So. <laughs> All right, Peter, please. That, and they have to they have to sign a waiver that says they will never wear socks with their espadrilles. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I think we've I think we've covered that <laughs> scenario. 
Pete, Actually, was that was, no, I'm sorry, that was my favorite <laughs> sign from the um, last uh, series that we had against Red Wings in playoffs mm-hmm. was um, Stampos wears socks with sandals. I love that <laughs> woman. I don't, I've forgotten her name. I know she was featured on like international news, um, but she was a Red Wings fan who came and held that sign at our arena and it was marvelous. <laughs> she was very cute. I also, I have to say I like Red Wings fans most out of any fan base we are up against mm-hmm. um, in playoff series. So I hope you guys get back there soon. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely hope that as well. Um, you know, we do have uh, have some bad memories of the last couple times, but um, yes, you know, you know, life moves on. We move on. Um, and and speaking of moving on, we're going to move on to the the first thing I wanted to ask you, <laughs> where. Uh, Jay and I, when we, you know, we recorded most of the show before this interview and we had on our list of things to talk about, uh, hockey is for everyone because that is, you know, February is hockey is for everyone month. And, you know, I was talking to Jay, having talked to you and, you know, following you on Twitter. And I thought that it would be, you know, good for all of us to have the conversation rather than just Jay and I. So, um, to start off, I don't want to, you know, kind of limit you. I just want to say like, this is hockey is for everyone month. What do you think about that? I'll, I'll leave it kind of wide open. Um, so you know that JT Brown was the only NHL player who uh, raised his fist uh, to protest um, the treatment of African-American people by police. Um, and he did this in two games, one preseason and one regular season, both against the Florida Panthers, which was very interesting considering the uh, deep ties to the military that the Panthers owner has. Sure. Uh, anyway, it was it was quite a political statement, and I do wonder whether that owner had anything to do with um, the response. Uh, shortly after raising his fist um, in protest, J.T. Brown was contacted by uh, the police of Tampa Bay, who actually reached out and invited him to come drive around with them and see what it's actually like. So he went to their facilities, got a very thorough education in um, how to be a police person in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And then he began a couple of different outreaches with, in partnership with the police to some of the uh, less fortunate neighborhoods in Tampa and actually brought in players for signings and did fundraisers and um, did, I think uh, Mr. Vinnick, uh, the Tampa Bay owner, might have started some kind of a boys and girls club initiative to bring these people in more. Um, don't quote me on that. I know that something happened, but not sure what with the owner at any rate. So, uh, JT Brown turned his activism into something, uh, concrete and wonderful Mm -hmm. and inclusive for all of these kids in Tampa. And then, um, he was sent down on waivers and now he's a wonderful, member of the Ducks. So we had our hockey is for everyone moment and it wasn't this month, this Mm -hmm. month so far. Um, I believe the Tampa Bay lightning Twitter line has retweeted a sled hockey program and that's it so far. Although, um, I learned from you guys that our hockey is for everyone day is the 28th, literally the last day of the month. So I'm still waiting to see what they're doing about it. Um, I reached out to the organization to see what other things they might be doing, but I have not yet been answered. Um, they were a little busy. I'll give them that. They had a Le Cavalier's uh, jersey retirement last night, so maybe they were otherwise occupied. At any rate, that's where I stand. Um, 
we Tampa Bay Lightning is actually at the forefront of the NHL right now for outreach, but um, but I'm not sure what's happening this month. Yeah, I mean the uh, the uh, the NHL put out a a story on NHL.com on February 1st that listed all the hockey is for everyone ambassadors um, and. For, you know, speaking as a, as a Red Wings fan, you know, somebody who is, you know, kind of, you know, in the fandom and, you know, keeping track of things online, Justin Abdelkader is the, is the ambassador. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, obviously, Sorry. no, it's okay. Like, like I, I know like he has a reputation right <laughs> for, you know, taking dumb penalties sometimes, doing some dumb things. Um, That's okay. But at the Every same time, like, that guy. yeah, and I mean, at the same time, like, I don't, I, I don't, in great sense, I don't know him or anything, but I, I don't, I don't remember ever hearing anything that would make me think, you know, like, like some of these teams, you're like, really, that's the guy you pick? Like, uh, Max Domi, I think is, is one of the people. And it's like, that's the guy you pick, you know? So like, I, I, I definitely don't think that about Justin Ablocator. I think, you know, I definitely give him the benefit of the doubt, um, you know, that, that, you know, he, you know, wants to do a good job with that and everything. But the the thing that bothered me is that I had to find that out on my own. You know, I follow Red Wings Twitter yeah. um, and I had no idea who it was. I had no idea that it had even been named. And I've tweeted to the account several times. I even actually wrote them up a tweet that they could just retweet uh, to announce it. You know, I, try, I tried to save them a little time in case they were busy and nothing. Like I just checked earlier and granted, I might have missed it, but you know, I went through all the tweets since uh, February 1st, and I have yet to see anything uh, announcing that or talking about it or anything like that. So, you know, there are some teams that are doing a really good job with it. Uh, New Jersey, uh, if you follow, like, for example, uh, Amanda Stein yeah. on Twitter, uh, you know, she's done a ton of stuff. Uh, they've really been promoting it. Uh, you know, there, there's lots of cool stuff like, uh, you know, every year a lot of teams will do like a dad's trip. Uh, New Jersey is doing a mom's trip, which I think is pretty cool. Um, yeah, that and, is lovely. Yeah, and so they're doing a lot. And I know I know Washington has uh, traditionally done a lot, and I believe they're doing a lot this year. Um, so, like, for me, it kind of comes back to uh, – I'm, I'm guessing you remember this. This is a, a couple months ago. Jay and I talked on the podcast when they had – the NHL had the Declaration of Principles. And yes. The last one was basically hockey is for everyone, which it's nice that they included it. But as Jay and I talked about at the time, it kind of should have been the first, you know, because like everything follows from that, you know. And so if you really care about it, it's kind of like, you know, if the NHL really cares about head injuries, then they'd probably come down even harder on somebody, you know, kneeing somebody in the head MMA style on the ice. It's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, talk is cheap. We want to see action. And I think the problem is we haven't really seen nearly the action that we want to see from the league. Yes. <laughs> I was pondering uh, what else I could add. Um, and it's just been this, uh, these vast years of disappointment. Um, I'm just thinking back on so many different things and initiatives and uh, change.org petitions where we've, where women, uh, who like hockey have tried to get the league to institute like um, maybe uh, training for their rookies on, uh, you know, sexual harassment policies and um, uh, consent and various things like that. And while some presidents of organizations have responded positively, I think Brendan Shanahan is one um, a lot from a lot of organizations, there's been just a vast silence and that's, you know, maybe I'd count three 
orgs out in the NHL that responded well to that uh, letter that uh, Melissa Geshwin sent. Actually, um, she's a Devils fan and an activist. Um, so uh, I, I have to say that uh, I wasn't expecting anything this month. And um, so far, I have not been disappointed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like uh, there's in my years in hockey, um, there have been so many times where we think that something positive is happening and uh, it ends up being a big nothing. So um, I don't know what to say. I cannot make this into, I cannot knit a happy sweater out of this. <laughs> yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I had some pushback on that. Like, like I, not because I want to push back on you, but you know, I wish no, I had no. something yes, like some kind of something to kind of counter viewpoint. with, you know, right. that I've seen, but unfortunately I don't, um, we're going to, you know, in, in a little bit, we're going to talk about, we have some, some really great reader questions. Um, also, you know, Jay and I always come up with some questions beforehand. And so, you know, since you cover both the Maple Leafs and the lightning, uh, you know, we just had all-star weekend, you know, the, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. But before we do that, I kind of wanted to take this moment, you know, since we're talking about hockey is for everyone, um, you know, one of the things that bothers me um, as as a hockey fan, as, as a person or whatever you want to say, is, you know, when we talk about hockey is for everyone, you know, we, we talk about that in terms of the players and the fans, you know, everybody should feel like they can play, you know, everybody should be given the opportunity to play. Everybody should, you know, have the opportunity to enjoy the game without being harassed, et cetera. I mean, that's like kind of just basic, but to me, like there's also another aspect, which is it should be covering hockey is for everyone. Um, and since I've gotten more involved on Twitter and since I've started kind of, you know, getting more involved in hockey Twitter and following more people, you know, a lot of the people I follow are female and I've, you know, I know it's obvious to some people, but I kind of feel like some people don't really realize that just the level of harassment that women get when they, <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they deign to cover hockey, they deign to have an opinion on hockey. Um, and of course there's going to be, you know, if you're a media figure, you know, um, you're going to get, you know, crappy people in your mentions no matter what. But I mean, it's not even close. It's like so much worse for women. Um, and so like, I was trying to think of the way to ask this question. And so I guess like what I want to <laughs> say is like, have I been harassed? Well, I mean, like I, I'm not asking you for personal <laughs> you know, things, unless you oh, want to I talk can, about it. I can tell some stories. I really don't mind. Um, yeah. So, so if you wanted to talk about that and, and also like, like, what do sure. you think we can do? Like, like, like how can, you know, somebody like me who notices it, like I try to bring attention to it. I try to, you know, support my friends and, and even people I don't know, but like, you know, what else could we do? All right. Um, so I am, as you know, a mom as well. I'm like a, a middle-aged woman who suddenly got interested in hockey um, and writing about it. And so I showed up one day at Raw Charge and said, hey, I want to write for you guys. And uh, uh, I encountered initial resistance um, from uh, not from the editor, John Fontana, the original editor of Raw Charge. He was pretty welcoming, um, but from some other people in the Tampa Bay Lightning community. So at that point, um, just encountering people who were very discouraging about hockey writing. Um, I went over to pension plan puppets. Um, I had the ECHL affiliate in my town and still do the Orlando solar bears. Cool. Best jerseys in all of the ECHL. <laughs> I think, um, it's a bear literally with sunglasses. <laughs> yes. So oh yeah. It's, it's awesome. Pretty awesome. So um, I said, hey, I will cover this team for you guys. Um, will you be interested in my reporting? 
So uh, the editor, uh, Scott Wheeler at the time, uh, said, sure, we'll try you out. So I actually started my hockey writing as an ECHL reporter for Pension Plan Puppets. Mm -hmm. Um, They got me credentials, and um, for two seasons, I reported on that team. And it was a wonderful experience. Uh, There's a huge difference in political outlook between Toronto uh, and Tampa Bay and Orlando even. Um, We are the South down here, and that comes with a lot of very Southern values and, you know, all of it's kind of true in a way. And Toronto is incredibly liberal. So there was a lot of space in um, Leafs fandom for women's voices. And so I found a home at the Toronto Maple Leafs site. And Mm. that was because they welcomed me. They welcomed a new voice. They welcomed an Asian woman. Uh, They thought that I brought value to their site. And uh, in fact, it was a lot of fun. And I learned a ton in my first couple of years writing. Uh, After I earned my chops, I was able to come back to my original uh, fan base and say, hey, look at me. Um, I'm now this credentialed writer. Uh, Do you would you guys are you guys interested in my writing? And at that point, um, John Fontana was ready to retire. So he handed me raw charge um, to manage which cool. is great because yeah. I had been helping manage pension plan puppets for about a year as associate editor. Um, so yeah, that's the difference. Like I felt like I had to go to a market that was very open to new and developing voices and write uh, for a while before I could come back to a very traditional market, um, sports market, not hockey market and say, uh, Hey, I know what I'm talking about. Um, this is what I've written and uh, you know, I have cred. So uh, now I run the site and I don't care what people say about me because obviously I've been in hockey long enough that I've heard it all. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and so if people don't like raw charge, they can go elsewhere, which is nowhere because they're, we're it. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So that also, I think, answers one of the mailbag questions, which is talking about like, how did I get to this place where I'm like a Leafs writer sometimes, but yeah, mostly... Yeah. And honestly, I've been on hiatus from Pension Plan Puppets since taking over Raw Charge. Um, I'll probably go back to them after I um, cede to whoever's coming next, Um, just uh, because it's a nice market for women to write in. Very Mm. welcoming. Oh, I haven't talked about harassment. I'm so sorry. Oh, Um, it's okay. (laughs) In my first year, uh, okay, so, okay, lightning had our uh, Stanley Cup final run against the Blackhawks. Blackhawks won the Cup. And in the intervening summer, um, a certain player from the Blackhawks did some things that were horrific. And um, whether or not he was ever charged with anything is a different story. But um, Pension Plan Puppets wrote about it. And we posted our article on the main SB Nation site with um, lots of editorial supervision. It was me. Actually, it was across many different um, SB Nation sites. Uh, Sarah Connors was part of it. Uh, Emily Wang, um, a number of women wrote with me. Uh, And we got anything, everything that you can imagine. Like I got someone saying, I wish you were raped and left for dead in the desert. Um, That was a Twitter (sighs) response to me. And um, and it's because we stepped out of our little hockey lane and we wrote about um, social consciousness and like um, the fact that 
the league wasn't treating this in the right way. They were allowing um, that skater to skate on the ice while he was being investigated. Um, and it just, it horrified all of us as women that, um, that the league was um, tacitly supporting players like this. And I don't want to go into it in t- too great depth, but simply because we talked about such a hot button issue. Yeah. Um, and this was a few years before me too came around, uh, which is, has really changed a lot of things across society. But uh, we were at the forefront of calling out the league's hypocrisy. So we got the blowback for it. <laughs> and it was um, it was a horrific thing to live through at the time. But we had our say, and then we moved on. So there you have it. You have to be a warrior for a while in order to... Uh, you have to earn your chops, and then you can choose whether or not you go back into the trenches yeah, so so like, what do you think are things that could happen that could hopefully make that better? I mean, I know it's it's tough, you know, it's it, like there's no easy solution, but I guess for like for people that want to support or help or whatever, you know, what are some things that people can do to to help support people who are going through that? I don't know. Uh, I think I think that um, men need to support women, um, and you know, what whatever gender you. Uh, represent as you need to support uh, the people who are going through these kinds of harassment um, situations. And you need to uh, block and report on Twitter, on Facebook, across social media to take away their tools. And um, that was important, just getting uh, a coalition of friends who could go after these people and make sure they were reported. That's, that's one of the steps. I mean, what else can you do? How can you change people's minds? Um, I don't know. That's one of the deepest questions in our society right now. (laughs) How do you change the minds of people who, um, who really do believe the things they believe? I mean, when we solve that, uh, we'll have a different president. Yeah. It's uh, (laughs) it's, uh, it's a uh, tough question. Talk about hot topic. Yeah. (laughs) Let's get back to hockey. Shall we? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, so to like kind of wrap up on like the, the, the hockey is for everyone in in totality just because actually I think yours is a very important point of view to have put out there because people aren't gonna know right that's that's the whole point of talking about it because I think there's obviously a lot of comfort from the wrong people who are just like ah oh, yeah it's uh, it's just a squeaky wheel you don't have to do anything about it and that's bad <laughs> and yeah. it's uh, really frustrating. I mean, you know, first of all, I wish like when I when I say I'm sorry for my side of the pool, like I want to <laughs> like I'm I, like I really I'm I'm so stupid. Sorry. Like I myself have gone through a, like a number of times we're growing up. Okay, where, like, actually, not to cut off your. Apology, oh, yeah. Go ahead. Thank you for that. However, um, I have thought of something that uh, I have done as kind of a, a version of passive resistance, like. My site, Raw Charge, um, we had to handle the All-Star Game. And uh, there was a musical act (laughs) in the second period of the All-Star Game. And we decided that instead of giving voice to pro and anti sides, um, that people who might come on and say, he's the best, what are you talking about? Uh, You know, Confederate flags are fabulous. We decided to not report on him at all. So we just mentioned, yeah, there was a musical act period, moving on. So my site did not give voice to 
this uh, this kind of negative and um, very divisive guy because we did not want uh, any space given to his opinions or ideas or people who liked him. And so that actually was fantastic. Zero people showed up on my site to complain. And um, so we had a, a harassment-free uh, article about the All-Star Game, um, and we did not have to weigh in on what we thought of him. And it, was, uh, it worked surprisingly well. I think um, the organization quickly understood what we were up to. They did not, the Tampa Bay Lightning organization, not only did not make a fuss about Kid Rock, they also brought in Willie O'Ree to honor as part of the organization's continuing effort to honor um, uh, people who work hard for their, their community. So um, Mr. Vinnick, the owner, gave Willie O'Ree $100,000 toward Hockey is for Everyone initiatives. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty, that was fantastic. So, uh, and we wrote an article about that. So instead of writing about um, that musician, we actually wrote about Willie O'Ree, and that was our big intermission uh, report. So I'm actually glad that that's a thing because it's nice to to be like, listen, um, you know, there there is you know a a um, what's the word? I don't know if abstinence is the right word, but like if I if I recall one of my favorite musicals, 1776. Um, <laughs> You abstain courteously. So uh, that's right. actually a power, a super powerful tool to use in really anything. But um, yeah, I. Uh, it's I, kind I, of I, like a, a southern woman saying, "Bless your heart." Right. <laughs> right Basically yeah. said, yes. "Oh, the league is bringing in this guy. Bless their hearts." Okay, yeah. we're gonna think about something else. Yeah. You guys can be tacky in a corner over there. Exactly. Well, again, you're. Your yours is like the. I just wish that yours was the type of thing where it's like you know there's. While there is a lot of hardship and stuff, yours is also started. It's like listen, there, there's the hardship stuff, but you're opening minds, you're opening hearts, you're 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 changing some viewpoints, or at least you're offering the the option to change. And I think there's a lot of you know I think that's where most of this resistance starts because people don't know how to change, people don't know exactly how to confront these these parts of themselves, and you know I think. Just the the way the climate is right now, it 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 always speaks to that. I think I don't know if it was Einstein who said. It. I'm pretty sure it was Einstein who said it. So like, the smart people have no courage, and the and like the foolhardy have out, like tons of it. So, you know, I I think now it's really awesome to like actually use use hockey, use these platforms to to bring the voices to the right people and. I, uh, as far as hockey is for everyone goes, I mean, Pete, we, we talked about our, our principal stuff earlier in our, in our first season here. And the, the, I guess the one political thing I'll say is like for, for the Red Wings now to be silent after they were so quick and so righteous in rebutting the crap in Charlottesville, it's really disappointing. I hope they didn't see that as like their, yeah, we did our thing. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we like we made our stuff fail. We don't have to follow up with anything else. That's that's just it's not good enough, you know. And and yes, your whatever your day is at the end of the month. I I hope they do something in 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 the meantime. I hope they do something more. I hope I, I wish the league would do more because I, my my general manager at my work in ter you know in terms of utilizing our social media is like 
sometimes I want to be sick of how much stuff we have. And I know that there's, you know, your, your, your algorithms and you don't want to spam people, but like, this is the type of thing that I wanted to be so like so spam like I, I, spam seems such like a negative word but i wanted all this in my you know all across my feed i wanted the nhl to almost be a nuisance saying hey this is what this is our hockey is for everyone initiative for today it's happening in new york it's happening in los angeles it's happening in boston just all across the board and to see that not happen you know it's it's really frustrating i just i, I wish that there was more that we could do yeah so, and it's interesting. I feel like uh, Willie O'Ree, for example, should be trotted out to every single uh, home game this month and uh, open it and say a few words or something yeah. like that. There's, you know, yeah, why, why is he not? Why are they not using wonderful ambassadors like, hey, P.K. Subban, for example? And uh, we could go there. Like, there's this uh, uh, one of his previous juniors teammates um just said something incredibly racist about how quote nobody likes mondays and mondays is the slang for uh black people apparently uh i that was news to me but um i read the urban dictionary definition of this um and it's all blowing up on twitter right now so here we have pk suban um confronting racism from his previous teammates um in, you know in montreal and uh he should really be front and center this month. Yeah, you, you would think. You would think. Yeah, you yeah, think. You'd, like, you'd like to think. So uh, with the biggest wink, wink, nudge, nudge, very, very hardly gesturing in that direction to the NHL, please do this thing. Now, Atria, um, in light of all of that, <laughs> <laughs> we have what we termed the JJ question, which is... Uh, oh, yes. It's yeah. it's it's something that we we hold very near and dear because I think we all have to ask our, we've all kind of asked ourselves this question at some point without maybe consciously answering it but we all started out I'd like to think you know I don't think it, everybody starts out just covering hockey and then the, you know like we, we all start out as fans of the game and then it can turn into something else for for most people they could turn it into actually playing it other people turn it into covering it I myself turn it into spending hours and hours playing computer-generated versions of these players, trying to beat other people using computer-generated versions of these players. The game does funny things. But now that you're on the other side of the veil a little bit, uh, like you've kind of crossed over between the fan and organizational divide, um, has your opinion of hockey changed? Do you still derive enjoyment out of hockey now that you know the things that you know, the experience that you've been through, and... You know, I mean, hey, you, you said it yourself. You're you're scared of your GM running away and coming back to the loving arms. <laughs> oh, of, I did not say scared. <laughs> I did not say scared. All right, fine. I, I think read... it would be interesting. I, um, I'm editing I that to out. Follow him. That's the problem. <laughs> guys would have to hire me on at uh, Winging It in Motown um, if uh, if he became GM of the uh, Red Wings. You would be more than welcome. <laughs> we got a spot. For you. We got a spot for him. <laughs> so, uh, where do I find the fun in hockey? Um, all right. I, uh, I like running and organizing a site. I derive endless satisfaction out of it, um, simply because it's wonderful to enable people to, uh, do what they love. So for instance, um, a former, uh, Navy vet, I guess he's still a Navy vet, mm -hmm. a current Navy vet, um, 
a Hispanic man who lives in Tampa uh, came to me and said, I would like to be a writer uh, a few years ago. And uh, after developing his voice for a while, there was an opportunity to get him credentials to report at our home games. So I did that for him. And now he's this wonderful arena reporter who's loving it every single day. And that kind of thing uh, gives me life. I mean, a a woman who is, um, she's currently a, she's a doctor currently in residency. Um, she's a Muslim woman. She does our transcriptions because she loves listening to um, players talk after the game. She loves listening to Iserman say a few words of wisdom. And so she sits there, listens to it, and types it all out for us. And those are her contributions to the site. So um, again, Hockey is for everyone, and there are these people that I'm able to give opportunities to that would not necessarily get a chance in mainstream, non-SB Nation media. So I feel like I'm advancing the cause, um, no matter how quietly, but if you look at my masthead, I think I've got uh, maybe four uh, white men out of the 10 or 12 people that work for me. So um, I'm doing my part. And then when it comes to, like, watching hockey itself, do you find yourself... I oh, love I don't know, like... watching hockey. I love it. Like, okay, Perfect. I come to it from a ballet background. Um, now, you might say, what? Ballet uh, depends a lot upon choreography, groups moving together. So when I look down at the ice and I see this uh, Red Army style passing between Kucherov and Stamkos... I just feel this intense rush, like uh, sitting above the ice, uh, whether I've bought a ticket for the game or whether I'm there to write, um, just seeing the patterns on the ice, like dance choreography, uh, it's what I love. Mm -hmm. And I just, um, your Prashant, um, who has now moved on to The Athletic, I think, I don't know if he still writes for you. Yeah, he, 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 he his... still kind of contributes for us a little bit. Awesome. But yeah, yeah. I love his system and analyses sure. um, where he's he breaks down the play and you can really see it develop like off the boards from mm. this guy to this guy. It's just um, fantastic. I I just pour over those um, images that he creates and uh, the line drawings of plays and I think wow, so that's how the choreography works. <laughs> and for me, that's that's my that's my hockey fan high, and I hope it um, has answered JJ's question. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, for like the reason we, we always ask that question is because it, you know, it, you know, everybody's different and, and, and it kind of cuts to the heart of, you know, what the, the person we're talking to, you know, feels about the game. And, and I don't think we've had one answer that's been the same. It's always been at least a little bit different. Um, I wanted to make sure. And um, that's why, that's why hmm? I would not have a problem moving to Red Wings fandom as long as, Iserman brings back with him, like, um, some coaching that, uh, go harkens back to the days with, uh, the Russians on the team. You know? mm. I'd be okay with that. As long as the hockey becomes pretty and, uh, skill oriented again. Gosh. Wow. P what a concept. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. I, I just want that now, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sense I have struck a uh, nerve here. No, well, you know, it's, it, Listen, Sorry when your that. coach when your coach chirps our coach and like I'm laughing because your coach's burn is so awesome, I think there needs to be a change. <laughs> but you know, it's it I, is what I it is. Really, I, I mean, I think that um Blassel is a great coach. Uh I think he's not given the tools to use the system he wants to play. 
So I don't know how you do that aside from anyway, we've, I've read the articles on your site. So never mind. <laughs> um, all right. So we have, we have a ton of mailbag questions this time and uh, I just wanted to to thank our listeners for for giving us such great questions. Um, some of the ones on there uh, have kind of been covered a little bit, um, and so I'm going to ask one last question to wrap up, uh, just because of time constraints. Unfortunately, um, you know, like I always say on the at the end of these interviews, you know, we could probably keep talking for an hour, hour and a half, and and not run out of things to talk about. Um, but I wanted to uh, to to close this with a question from. Past and future for sure guest Chris Watkins, a.k.a. Yolo Pinato on Twitter. And so he had two questions. And so, you know, answer this, you know, if you want to just pick one or if you want to do both. Um, (laughs) I read his questions and they're so tough, but go ahead. Okay, so so like I said, if you want to pick one, you know, if you want to do like, uh, you know, listener's choice, guest choice or whatever. No, let's do both. It's fine. So here are the questions. Who wins between this Tampa Bay Lightning team and the 08-09 Wings? And also, how differently would the Leafs and Lightning look if you swapped Shanahan and Iserman as decision makers? Man, that second question is is really hard. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, I I love the 2008 Wings. Um, uh, I'd say that it would be incredibly competitive. Uh, like, I'd say given younger players um, at in 2008, Babcock probably wins whatever series he's up against uh, with a, I guess he's a four-year coach now, um, four, four and a half, five-year coach in John Cooper. But uh, Cooper, I think that um, Babcock actually taught Cooper how to coach in the postseason during the first Red Wings series that we had because ever after that um, Tampa Bay Lightning's postseason style has this strong Babcock flavor to it. And it's hilarious. (laughs) It's like, wow. So uh, yeah. So we're playing Babcock hockey again because there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, Oh, your power play sucks. Okay. We're just going to have our guys take all the penalties that they want. We're just going to go in there. We're going to rip you guys to shreds. We're going to be violent. We're going to, obstruct we're gonna hook we're gonna trip anything we like because you guys suck at the power play so you know do whatever you like we're gonna score shorthanded now (laughs) and um so john cooper has taken this to heart and he's really studied the um, special teams of uh, the other whoever our opponent is and uh and um puts babcock hockey into play nowadays whenever we hit the postseason so yeah, given that Babcock has a lot more experience with that, and um, I guess we can just look to the Leafs right now to see what it would look like. You know, I'm sorry about that, but it's true. <laughs> the Leafs have all these <laughs> these young players. They're playing the style of hockey. They made it to the postseason um, and uh, hit. I think it was the Washington Capitals first round, and of course lost. But um, they played some great playoff hockey. And uh, I think uh, given more seasoning with Babcock they'll know how to play in playoffs better and then we'll see exactly what it would have looked like. Maybe it'll be this season. Even is that okay. an answer? I don't even know if that's an answer. <laughs> no, I I, think I, that, anyway, I think that Bob Cox's team would have won. That's a fantastic answer. That's such, that's just so the right answer, right? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, Andrea, I, I wanted to, uh, 
here here is my random question. Like, and Pete, this is actually for you too. I don't know why I'm giving such an identifier to this. All right, cut, print, stop, full stop. We're rewinding for a second, restarting that question. Okay. Hey, so here's the actual question, and I want to know if your answer would have changed at all. So uh, Watkins is asking about the 2008-2009 wings. Now, that was the team that lost to Pittsburgh in Game Seven. So is like, is that the do do do? Are we agreeing that that's the team he meant? Because I think it's the Cup-winning team that would for sure have won against this Tampa team. But I don't think the 08. I think I don't think the team that is that lost in Game Seven would beat this Tampa team. So really. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, I know, I know the weaknesses yeah. of my Tampa team a lot better than you do. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. I'm going to say that the that uh, Babcock would exploit those weaknesses quite thoroughly. Okay. Like he knows about uh, the holes in the system that allow, because the D are skating pretty far up and it relies on their speed and their um their hockey IQ to read the play and skate back if they need to. And uh, he knows how to obfuscate uh, on the ice well enough to uh, throw them off their game and exploit those holes. Well, you use the word obfuscate and uh, that's pretty much all I needed to hear. So that was, that's <laughs> correct. That's the, that is the, <laughs> I, I agree with your answer. Kids are right, saying at home, obfuscate is the word of the day. <laughs> Whenever you hear that word, yell real loud, but you'll never hear it because people don't use big words anymore. Do I get do I get slimed? Uh, <laughs> no, no, that's 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 um, well, well, it's the what is it? No, that's from getting slimed was from you can't say that on TV, right? Is you that can't the, do that on television? Well, that's sorry. That's, I, I take my references from Nickelodeon <laughs> because I have a daughter, obviously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're watching the right kind of Nickelodeon. I mean. I haven't watched in a while. They are still sliming people. I guess is that is that true? I my I daughter turned thirteen and now she watches like NCIS. So oh, I don't okay. know. It's my references are like ten years out of you know, out of style at this point. <laughs> as long as in fact all... she turned thirteen yesterday and her friends oh. were over and they were up until two a.m. So I'm amazed that I'm sounding coherent. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as we all still want a piece of the aggro crag, I think we're all okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Atria, thanks so much for talking to us today. Um, everybody, please go follow her. It's like really a no brainer. Uh, you can follow her at, at Tanya Rezak or T A N Y A R E Z A K. Um, Raw Charge is. Yeah, they're really good. It pains me to say so. It's it's it's, uh, it's just one of those things. That let the rivalry be what it is for forever and ever and ever. But on a serious note, there's a lot of great stuff going on down there. Um, and again, please do all you can to 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 support everybody who is covering this game because yeah, it's it's hairy out there right now, everyone. Right? And and I and I'm so glad that we have they had able to have you on to. Uh, I appreciate your time and um, and talking about the Red Wings a little bit. I really love that team, and I hope to see you guys uh, regain your glory. I mean, it is a sad world when the Red Wings are not in the playoffs. Oh, yes. So, so oh, yes. let's cross our fingers and hope for a huge rebuild. <laughs> Absolutely. From your lips to God's But ears. not for Iserman to go work for you. You'll find a different guy. I'm so sure. close. We almost had it. Oh, we, were, we almost had it, Jay. We, we almost, I, I, was, I felt like I laid the groundwork heavily enough throughout the whole interview, but 
Uh, uh, spoiled I'm once not again. Do it. it was a 40 minute <laughs> trap. <laughs> but she <laughs> finally. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Bye bye. And that just about does it for another exciting episode of the For Sure podcast. Once again, thank you to Acharya for joining our lovely show. The one thing I forgot to say, Pete, was that, yes, in fact, last night the Tampa Bay Lightning did retire Vincent LeCavalier's jersey. However, it looks like they retired a circus tent of Vinny LeCavalier's jersey. I encourage everybody to go to Twitter and look at either the Raw Charge or Tampa Bay Lightning and find video of last night's thing. I swear to crap, Peter, this is the type of uh, jersey banner that is the size of what Ethiopia it's <laughs> it's magnificently large so I hope that Vinny LeCavalier's ego is sufficiently satisfied for this um yeah so uh folks it's uh, it's again thank you so much for listening in we talk about pretty much everything and anything hockey here but it's nice that we can throw in some social issues there because again we are all one community and we're all having a great time talking about hockey and hockey truly is for everyone right Pete absolutely Absolutely. So for uh, those of you who are still not in the know, we are on the Twitter sphere. Uh, that's exactly what it's called. Copyright pending. Uh, <laughs> you can follow Pete at at P Flynn hockey. And you can follow myself uh, at the roar underscore 24. And then you can follow this wonderful podcast at two zero zero F T P O D. So Pete, uh, yeah, it's about that time, isn't it? Isn't it? Is it about that time? It is. It is time for the Doc Emmerich uh, adjective of the, well, the bye week, I guess. The episode. <laughs> the bye week. I really got to make up like a bumper for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, while we think of the bumper, let's let's think about what led us to this moment. You know, where we're, it's a, it's, it's a. It's a uh, fiery time in our sport, but, you know, uh, for for all the things, this episode was about calling people to action. No more talk, more do, right? So this week's Emmerich verb is misfired. So mm. we really, uh, the NHL really misfired so far <laughs> on, on this one. <laughs> to the point, misfire, blocked <laughs> by Chelios. So there you go. Doc Emmerich, you are the best. You say it a lot better than me all the time, but that's a given. So thanks again for listening, everybody. Pete, uh, let's uh, let's hop on those sticks, buddy. Let's do that hockey. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's what they say in hockey. Let's do that hockey. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. I wanted. Sure, to, sure. I still want to be in that room where they just, sure. they they figured out the biathlon. Okay, so here's what I'm thinking: sure, sure. cross country skiing mixed with rifling. Sure. Anyone object? For sure, sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. For sure. For sure.